tomb. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight and feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. You believe that? I'm not going to preach this scripture, but the Lord give me this scripture for the church tonight. I'm not preaching this, but I just want to tell you what he told me to tell the church. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. He said that to me tonight. He said, you tell my people, if they ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Now, if some of you would already responded, I wouldn't be up here tonight. We'd already been having a knockdown drag out. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. If you've got a Bible, as you turn to the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16. This is probably going to hair lip the devil, but it'd be all right. He despises us. He despises what we believe. Amen. The Bible says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jews first and also the Greeks. For wherein is righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, then just shall live, then thee Thee just live by faith. Oh, sweet God, thank you tonight, Lord, for what you've already done for us tonight, God. You've already did so many things already that your people haven't even seen yet, God. There's already been God's strongholds broken already tonight before the words even went forth. There's already been, God, the captive being set free already, Lord. For we know that your word is not being contained within these walls tonight. But God, your word is going out in the highways and the byways. And it's doing the work, God, to those, Lord, that are hungry. We give you the praise, the thanks, and the glory. Praise him one more time before you take your seat. Will you do that? Amen. You could be seated tonight. I uh, want to preach a little bit tonight. Praise God. We must preach Jesus. We must preach Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I've often wondered why in the world is a church still in the world? Is it to praise and worship? We'll do that in heaven. Is it to sing and to serve? We'll
God in heaven. The only thing that I can think of is, praise God, the reason why we're not there yet is to reach the lost. Oh, come on now, I done lost some of you already. If you were to sum up the prime objective of the church in two words, uh, it's very simple. Preach Jesus. Now, in the course of my preaching tonight, I'm going to use these words a bunch of times. Preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. And by the time you leave this service, I want it ringing in your ears. I want it echoing in your soul. Come on. I want it resounding in your heart. Preach Jesus. I want these two words uh, when you wake up in the midnight. Uh, come on. To stir you uh, through the day. Uh, to ponder your mind uh, like your heartbeat. Preach Jesus. We need to understand that the role of preaching Jesus is not limited to the pastor, the teachers, or the evangelists. Every believer has been called to let his or her light shine. Hello? Every believer has been called to be salt. Every believer has been commissioned to proclaim the good news. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Amen. I'm going to preach Jesus. I don't mind walking into the, not the ice cream shop or whatever it was. And I don't mind telling them the yogurt place. And I don't mind telling them they need Jesus. Come on, we can't be scared to preach Jesus. The word preach has been defined in such narrow terms that we often lose the true meaning. Which is simply to proclaim. Proclamation is not limited to the preacher. All have been called... To tell the lost that there is a Savior and his name is Jesus. Now listen to me. I am I am not a mean person. I promise you, there's not a mean bone in my body, and I love every person here, and I can say that honestly. And if I didn't mean it, I wouldn't say it. Amen. But if you don't want me to preach to you, you give me somebody out here to preach to. That's why I'm preaching to you tonight, to preach Jesus. Because I want somebody to preach to. Now, I've been going out there trying to get somebody to come to church. I've been out there inviting. I've just not been sitting back. Woo! Now, I want to share with you three thoughts with regard to the command to preach Jesus. And the first is, Jesus is the message. Second, there's power in the message. Third, the church has been powered or empowered to preach the message. And Jesus is the message. Yeah. 
You ever notice how easy it is to talk to a stranger about the weather? About our children or where are we from? Or we just begin to simply tell them all kinds of things about us. Praise God. But the truth for the Bible, we need to let them know Jesus loves. And it's hard when we want to start begin to say Jesus loves you. Our stomach begins to tie in knots and our tongue gets stuck to the roof of our mouths. Why is that? God hasn't called us to be weathermen, sportscasters. He's called us to empower us to be the light shining in darkness. Somewhere in the course of our conversation, we need to seize upon the opportunity to preach Jesus. The world don't care if you talk to them about baseball or somebody throwing a hog skin up and down the field and they're out there beating themselves up. I never could understand that. I'm not into that kind of stuff. I never did care for sports. The only sport I like to do is hunting. And I don't do much of that, praise the Lord. I'm not a fisherman, by no means. You could ask my brother that. <laughs> he told my mom, he called my mom, he said, me and, me and brothers going fishing. She said, well, my goodness, don't you know that he don't know how to fish? He said, I know, mama, but it would be good fellowship. And it was. And he had these expensive reels, and I didn't know how to cast that thing. Was, I didn't know what I was doing. I took it and, and tried to throw it, and when I looked down, it was just a big ball of nothing. And I had one of them baby riding reels, them 202 Zippos. I just set his down in the boat real gentle. I looked around. He picked up behind he looked back at me and said, what are you doing using that baby rod and reel? And he looked down and he said, oh. <laughs> oh. I said, don't start. We're fishing. I like to fish for men. I've never been real good at catching fish, but I like to catch men and women and young boys and young girls. Come on. The world don't care if you talk to them about baseball. They don't care if you talk to them about the government. And I don't think they care too terribly much if you talk about church to them. But friend of mine, when you start to talk about Jesus, about his love, about his sacrifice, about his saving power, demons begin to tremble. I said, demons begin to tremble. Satan tells him this. He said, get down there, do anything you can. Uh, intimidate them, scare them, keep them from talking about Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't take my orders from Satan. 
I'm going to preach Jesus to the lost. I'm going to preach Jesus the way to the lonely. I'm going to preach Jesus to the friend. Come on, let them know these are friends that stick it closer than a brother. To the child, I'll preach Jesus as a father to the fatherless. Oh, come on, to the sick, I'll preach Jesus as a great physician. To the adult, come on. God, to the attic, uh, to the drugs and strong G. I'll preach Jesus is the deliverer. Come on, somebody help me preach Jesus tonight. Somebody help me preach Jesus tonight. To the brokenhearted, uh, I'll preach Jesus as the one uh, who binds up the broken heart. Uh, to the man on the deathbed, I'll preach that Jesus uh, is a resurrection of life. Uh, to the sinner, uh, I'll preach that Jesus uh, is a savior. And to this church, I'm preaching that Jesus is a master. No matter where I'm at, who I'm talking to, I can preach Jesus in a way that will fill the void, that makes a broken man whole. Help me, somebody. Jesus is a message we've come to proclaim. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 21, 24, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews required a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto, come on, unto the Jew a stumbling block unto the Greeks. Foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks. Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For I've determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ uh, and him crucified. Uh, come on, help me somebody. Uh, but God forbid that I should glory saving in the cross uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus told us, uh, friend of mine, there's coming a comforter. Uh, he's a testifier of that. Uh, for he is the comforter. Church, 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 church. Don't let the devil scare you into silence uh, on the single most uh, important message uh, you'll ever uh, proclaim. Church, don't let the devil silence you. You're the only hope uh, this town's got. Preach Jesus. Come on, church. Let's preach Jesus tonight. Let's preach that he's our healer. Let's preach that he's our deliverer. Let's preach that he's our, come on, faithfulness. Come on, let's preach that he's our righteousness. Let's preach that he's our savior. Let's preach that he's our sanctifier. Let's preach that he's our peace. Come on, somebody preach it with me. Come on, somebody help me a little bit.
When Jesus brings a lost soul across your path, you're going to square your shoulders back and put your foot on the old serpent's head and preach Jesus. Come on, preach Jesus. Come on, Jesus makes the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Jesus makes the lame to leap and the dead to live. Jesus breathes, come on, bears our sins on the old rugged cross. Jesus was in the tomb. Come on, Jesus is stirring to life early on the third day. Jesus is coming out of the tomb, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Jesus ascended to heaven. Jesus is ever living. He's living in my heart tonight. Come on. Jesus was here this morning. And Jesus was here at noontime. And Jesus is here tonight. Uh, and when the sun goes down, come on. Uh, I'm just going to preach Jesus. Uh, I'm just going to keep preaching Jesus. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Uh, he is the message. Uh, he's the answer to the earth. Uh, sorrow and cries. Uh, Jesus is the hope for the hopeless. Uh, he's the help for the helpless. Uh, he's the healing by for the wounded. Uh, Jesus is coming soon. Here's what we fail to realize. There's power in the message. Woo! Did you hear me? I said there's power in the message. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. You know why there's so many miserable people in apostolic? <laughs> Uh-oh. I know that little piggy just got up, but we'll pin him back up here in just a minute. He's greased up. I can't catch him. It's because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. We're not preaching Jesus. And when you're not preaching Jesus, you're most miserable. Because that's what God's called us to do. Everybody's called. Not everybody's called to preach, but everybody is called to preach Jesus to somebody. Come on, if you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you've said and you've listened, friend of mine. And you've had a good steady diet of the word, which I know you have. You know more than anybody out there. I said you know more than anybody out there. So don't be scared to preach Jesus to them. Uh, neither is there any salvation uh, in any other. Uh, for there's no other name uh, under heaven given among by. We must be saved. Did you know that Peter preached Jesus on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 souls were saved? Peter and John preached Jesus to the lame man. The lame man was healed. Stephen preached Jesus and he was stoned to death, but before he died, he saw a vision from heaven. Paul got saved and began to preach Jesus. We've got to preach Jesus. We've got church to preach Jesus. We've got to preach Jesus. My wife worked in a big uh, accounting firm. And uh, 
it was three buildings of these people. And my wife got under a burden for them people. And so she went to her boss and she said, I want to teach a Bible study at lunchtime. And she took all those women in that big old office for many weeks teaching a Bible study to those women. Come on, somebody. We can't be afraid to preach Jesus. Come on, the devil's preaching his rotten, no good doctrine uh, out there. Once saved, always saved. Uh, and got a lot of people heading straight to hell. Uh, but we got a chance to preach Jesus, uh, that he is the deliverer. Uh, he is salvation. Uh, come on, friend. Uh, we got a world, you got a town uh, that needs somebody uh, to preach Jesus to. Peter preached Jesus and the Holy Ghost fell upon the household of Cornelius. Paul preached Jesus from a city to city in the face of rejection by his own countrymen. But he preached with power. Souls were saved and churches were planted and sick were healed and the dead were raised. The book of Acts teaches us that the Holy Ghost works most powerful through churches that are ready to preach Jesus. You're not going to have the power very long if you're not willing to preach Jesus. And you can't preach Jesus very long friend of mine until you feel the power of the Holy Ghost stirring in your soul but once something begins to stir in your soul and you say I cannot shut myself up uh, there is a dying world out there uh, and they need to hear uh, about Jesus there is power in the message it's a glorious treasure that God is placing in his earthen vessels. He's made us a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation that should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It, come on, this is not the message of Micah that changed my life. Uh, come on, it wasn't the message of self-help uh, or the message of the Democrats uh, that bought priests uh, into my troubling soul. Uh, but it was a simple message uh, about Jesus. The sacrifice of Jesus' death. Preach Jesus. There's power in the message. You know what? Some of you sitting here tonight, you don't even believe what I'm saying. You're not even here. You want to be back at the house where you come from before you got here. You could care less about this message I'm preaching tonight. Praise God. Come on, I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Man, your pastor said it so well this morning. There's some things that's got to be broken in order for you to get what God wants you to have. God did not give you this beautiful facility for you to sit there, friend of mine, all by yourself and your co-workers and your friends and your relatives not be sitting with you. 
God did not fill you with the Holy Ghost for you to sit on your Holy Ghost and you would keep your Holy Ghost to yourself. That's not why God filled you with the Holy Ghost. If that's the reason that God filled you with the Holy Ghost, he'd have taken you out of here when he filled you with the Holy Ghost. But he said, I want to work with the people that are willing to work with me. He could do it all by himself, but he said, that's not how I'm going to do it. He said, I'm going to do it with the sheep because sheep begot sheep. Now, I've got the statistics. I used to be the outreach director in our church many years ago. And uh, I tried more things that didn't work than did work. <laughs> it's a tough job. Woo! Praise the Lord. But here's the statistics. If your pastor goes and gets 10 people, out of the 10, he'll keep two of them. But if the saints go get 10, you'll keep 8 out of the 10. Because God wants the saints to work. You imagine the pastor going knocking on all the doors and the saints just sitting. Well, I got this Holy Ghost and I'm going to heaven. <laughs> well, you're going to be, friend of mine, you're going to stand in judgment for what you did that you should have done. You're going to stand in judgment for that. And here's what the people are thinking. Pastor's knocking on the doors. He's inviting. He's all over town. The people are saying, I wonder where the people of the church are at. Come on, church. Come on. Don't act like you hadn't heard this before. You've heard this before. Come on. Your pastor's preached this before. Come on. Yes, he has. He's preached this before. Come on. I said he's preached this before. This ain't the first time this has been preached. Come on. Don't sit there and act like sticks in the mud tonight. Let's get on the same page. There's power in the message. There is power to open up prison doors of sin and set the captive free. There's power to lift up condemnation. There's power to overcome guilt. There is power to the ransom of a soul from the slavery, from the market of sin. There's power to brush him off and make him a son of God. We've been empowered to preach the message. I'll tell you why I said that. In Luke, the gospel, Jesus said, Repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till ye be endued with power from on high. That means right here. Starts here and then it says, Psh! it goes out the door. If it just stays in here, and then all, all we're doing is just having a bunch of series of services. And your pastor's paying good money, praise God, 
when he could be preaching. Hello, somebody. I'm just being totally honest with you. We should be preaching Jesus. Said you should receive power that after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Jesus told the seventy disciples whom he had sent out to the cities of Judea, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. The enemy does not have power over us. We have dominion over him. I've read the back of the book. But we act like he's running ship shot on us. I like what Mark said. Going to all the cities. And preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They shall. Come on now. Come on. Anybody believe that tonight? And they shall take up deadly serpents and it shall not hurt them. Come on. the venom that the enemy's trying to spew at you tonight. It's not going to hurt you. Come on, you have power over that. You have power to lay hands on the sick for the sick to recover. Come on, you have the message of hope uh, that a hopeless world is looking for. All you got to do is use what God give you. Uh, he didn't, come on now. Now this is what I believe. He did not give the church power just to simply shout around the altars. He didn't give us power to speak cars and houses into existence. Now I'm a firm believer if you need a car and you're praying, don't get me wrong, if you're praying and you need a car and God gives you a car, I'm all for that. You need a home and God gives you a home. I'm all for that. But sometimes we're just out there and we're just gimme, 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 gimme. Has nothing to do with what God's called us to do. And that's why you're miserable because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's why you come in church and you walk in with that sad countenance. People that's doing the work of God are happy people. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said people that's doing the work of God are happy people. They're not walking in, walking over their bottom lip when they come in. Somebody says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But they're happy. They're happy. My little nephew, every time I used to go pick him up, he said, Uncle Mike, take me to get a hatchy meal. The hatchy meal was a happy meal, but he called it a hatchy meal because he couldn't say happy, so he said hatchy. And I said, Uncle Mike, I'll get you a hatchy meal, son. 
Come on, we got the happy meal that the world's looking for. We got the happy meal that the world is looking for. But here's where we're at. We deserve a break today. We deserve a break today, preacher. Back up a little bit. You don't understand my circumstances. You're never going to be happy doing what you're doing until you do what you know you're supposed to do. I never was happy just sitting on a pew when I was a saint in my home church. Man, I had such a burden for Bible studies. I could care least about preaching. All I wanted to do is just teach me some Bible studies. I had a burden to teach Bible studies. I'm not trying to toot my horn tonight. That's not what I'm doing. But somebody's going to have to get under the load. Well, preacher, we've been trying, I know. But come on, we're going to have to preach Jesus. God give the church power to witness. He gave the church power to preach Jesus. We could shout till we're blue in the face. We can swing on these chandeliers here tonight. We'll just pretend you got some, okay? And we can run the aisles. But if the Spirit doesn't go with us out of these church doors where we rub and meet, come on, where the rubber meets the road, souls are hanging in ballots, then we don't have a whole lot, do we? That burden that the Lord put upon your pastor's heart for the work that he's doing now in Africa. If he would have just sat there and said, well, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, God, I'm going I'm to think about that a little bit. I'll pray about it. And he never did monopolize on the door that had been opened. I'm telling you, church, tonight while Brother Brandon was up here singing and exhorting, and even your pastor, I seen a huge door that opened up in this church. I said, I seen a huge door that's opened up in this church. But somebody's got to monopolize on it. You've got to do like what pastor did. He said, I'll go, God. Even though I've got to fight the demons that I'll fight. Even though i got to go where a friend of mine I might not be liked. Uh, oh, I'll go and I'll proclaim this message. And I'll preach this message uh, to a dying continent uh, that don't know about baptism. Uh, that don't know about the Holy Ghost. If you would understand that the Spirit of God is never so near when you're witnessing for Jesus. 
when you're telling an empty soul where they could find satisfaction. Come on now. When we understand that, that at that moment we're vessels through which the Spirit of God is moving through, then it should be our desire to seize the opportunity to tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. If you've ever had one single miracle, you should tell Jesus. Every person sitting in here that's filled with the Holy Ghost has had a miracle. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Everybody in this church has got a miracle you could tell somebody about because you've had a miracle. I'll never forget, I was working at a factory and uh, I'd been living for the Lord, I guess, about three or four years. And there was a man, he was a black man, and me and him had missed the bus. We had to catch the bus at the fairground and ride into the gate, and then we'd go through the gate. And, and I'm telling you, these were some of the meanest and nastiest people that I was ever around. They smoked, they cussed, they did just about whatever they thought they could get by with coming into that factory. We missed the bus, and this guy, he, he come walking up, and he said, you're a preacher, aren't you? And I said, well, yeah. And he said, I need you to pray for me. He just got out of prison. He'd only been out of prison maybe about a year, and he got the Holy Ghost in prison. And he told me he'd been baptized in the name of Jesus in prison. And he said, I'm fighting. And he said, I'm fighting things. And he said, it's about to get the best of me. He said, pray for me. Man, I laid hands on him. I began to pray. Man, me and him was praying. We were speaking in tongues. And when we opened up our eyes, all them men's head was sticking out the bus like this. Can I tell you that God calmed that bus down? They never smoked another day. We didn't hear no more cussing. They were just as nice as and kind as they could be. Come on, friend of mine. When you're not scared to preach Jesus, you know what I started doing on the bus? Going in and coming off the bus, I started preaching Jesus, and there were some backsliders on the bus. You never know who you're talking to. Everybody praise the Lord a minute. God wants this church to grow. And I believe it will. But only if this church truly becomes a priesthood of believers and every one of you make up your mind, I'm going to preach Jesus. You've got to preach Jesus to the neighbor whose husband's left her. Preach Jesus to the mother whose teenage daughter is pregnant. Preach Jesus to the man on the job who comes in every night smelling like beer. Come on. Preach Jesus to those on the job who have foul language that offend you.
Don't be afraid. There's power in the message. You tired of me talking about preaching Jesus? The moment you open up your mouth to speak, the Holy Ghost will stir on the inside and give you the very words that you need to speak. Giving you the boldness that you need and the authority to speak. And I'm closing. What are we going to do? Oh, I can't hear you. I said, I can't hear you. Oh, I said, I can't hear you. Oh, come on, somebody. Now, this might be a little bold, but this is what, what I feel. I feel like we need to come down here and stand around this altar tonight. And make a public declaration, a public declaration that we're going to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. Now, if you don't believe what I preached, you're not going to bother me if you don't come to the altar. That's not going to bother this preacher whatsoever. But if you believe what I preached tonight, and you want to make a public declaration that you will be obedient to the Holy Ghost, and you're not going to be intimidated by the enemy that come up around these altars. Come on, and let's make a declaration right now that we're going to preach Jesus.